And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the first Friday of the New Year edition. I'm Jim. And I'm Cheryl. Happy New Year. And we're happy to have you with us on this January 3rd, 2020. Yes. I was reading on, on uh, online this morning saying that when you write out your checks now. I read the same thing. Don't abbreviate the 20. Don't put like 1320 because I'm going to add a 19 to the end of it. So 20 it would look right, like a 2019. Or a 17 check. or 18 and make it look like you're lax in your payments yeah, or, something. or something. I mean, would somebody try to twist that into a scam? There are crooked people out there. Hard to believe. So always write out now this year throughout the year, write 2020 on your checks. Don't write But I'm 20. all excited. You know, I'm like a kid with a new toy. I just got um, an email from somebody at, at my other job. And um, she said the uh, Bulletin Publishing Company just sent a whole bunch of those. You know, remember in the old days, those large paper desk calendars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes, do you want one? I said, oh, I'll take all the leftovers. I can have one at home, one at work, mm. one here. I haven't used, I mean, everything I have is on. <laughs> is, does anybody out there, I ask you, use a paper desk calendar? Mm-hmm. I have. You know me. I'm all about those. So I'm very excited because I said yes. Surprising that they still make them. But, I mean, I carry around this If it monthly. came with a map, you'd be next to see. Oh, I would really. <laughs> Maps and calendars. It's all Speaking of calendars, do you organized. know what you were doing 31 years ago today? Oh, my goodness, 31 years. So mm-hmm. we were already married. Mm-hmm. 31 years ago I today. I was in the hospital. You were in labor. With free Joseph. <laughs> you were in labor with a 10-pound, 5-ounce baby. Right, and I was a little delirious. I remember saying Santa Claus was just Yeah, here. they gave you some kind of special relaxant. <laughs> I had gone to the cafeteria for a sandwich or something, and they the nurse said they were going to give you something to help you. Relaxed. Relaxed. And I came back and you told me Santa Claus had shown up. And also Sinatra came to see you. I know. Him. Yeah. yeah. And he was there too, you said. One so. special baby. He had all those visitors. <laughs> I guess And so. then you went down. This was a long labor. I, I, yeah, it was a long labor because eventually you had to have the C-section. Yeah. I feel like I, I want to say 20 hours or something. Well, I know we went on, I know we went there. In the, it was around one, around 1 o'clock on the 3rd we went in there because you called me at work. We drove over to the hospital. he was born hospital. on the 4th. He was born the next day. Yeah. And by C-section. Right. In the morning, probably. Yeah, probably early mid-morning, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, you took another break and came back, and the I, the room was empty. You were gone. They moved me to another room. <laughs> you were gone. I thought, oh, I missed it. All that preparation, and I missed it. <laughs> That's right. I had to breathe all by myself. 31 years ago today. How about uh, that? Oh, Joseph. Well, we have a lovely program lined up, friends, on this uh, January 3rd, 2020, first Friday in the new year. Uh, we're going to actually talk about the top 10 Christmas carols. We've now that playing... you've had almost a month to listen to them all. Oh, yeah. I just played. We just had an hour of it. Uh, when did you start playing the Christmas music? Advent. I started on the first right. Sunday of Advent. All no, right. actually, so we started some... the Friday before because it was like a little Black prelude. Red. It was the day after Thanksgiving. We weren't yes. here. All right. And we play, played some then, but then all throughout December. But then, you know, gradually so we built it up. It's been a month. Mm-hmm. And we just had another hour set. There'll be tomorrow, yes. I think it's coming on again at uh, 4 o'clock. Good. And then, yeah. um, so... You know, and of course, Sunday is the epiphany, really, is Little Christmas. So right. we should still be playing Christmas music. We shouldn't have stopped completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about the top 10 Christmas carols and actually play them throughout the program. And I invited you, friends, if you are uh, able to, you can text us your favorite Christmas carol uh, just to kind of see what our listeners uh, think. You can uh, text your favorite Christmas carol to 609 493 8255. Throughout the program, we'll. Take a tally. You can uh, tell us what your favorite Christmas carol or hymn is. And we'll talk about that, too. A 
carol, a hymn, a song. A song. What do we call it? Yeah, because I'm going to compare it a little bit to uh, Newsweek. um, It's going to be two different lists, right? They're the top, I think the top 20 biggest selling Christmas songs of all time. So it's more of a monetary uh, Mm -hmm. uh, value placed on the top 20 biggest selling Christmas songs of all time. We'll compare it to the top 10 Christmas carols. (laughs) And I would say there's going to be a secular well, that's it. Tone to yeah, that, I think I would think, I think more so yeah. that, yeah. Fun. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to play Saint of the Day. Jim's here with the weather. Later on next hour, Father John Butler will join us with a reflection on this Sunday's gospel, the reading for the Epiphany. Uh, and later on next hour, Julie Onderko has written a book called Holy Handmaids of the Lord. And it's about uh, very, very uh, holy and powerful and strong women in our church history. And she's going to talk to us about the book published by Sophia Press. So Julia will join us. Julie will join us next hour. But first, friends, we're going to pray. And as we began yesterday, praying a prayer for the new year. Uh, so we invite you to raise up all of your special prayer intentions. And as I said yesterday, you know, thanks to all of you who have been sending uh, throughout the uh, Advent and Christmas season, sending us your prayer requests with your return envelopes uh, to us. Uh, Of course, we've been placing the prayer requests in the chapel, and yesterday uh, Father Jason was here uh, to say Holy Mass, and um, we included those intentions. All of your intentions were there, and we uh, made that the intention for yesterday's Mass here at the Apostolate. So uh, we're continuing to pray for you, and of course, Bruce will be here Monday to pray for you, so keep those prayer intentions coming in. We'll begin now with a, a prayer for a blessing on the new year. Let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O sacred and adorable Trinity, hear our prayers on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all that are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during the coming year, the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers, soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship, give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies, if we have any. Assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those whom this past year thou hast taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during the coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspiration and carried on by thy assistance, so that all our prayers and works having been begun in thee may likewise be ended through thee. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. As Holy Father asks us to pray for prayers uh, to protect the church against the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And let us continue praying for the uh, healing of our good friend, young Maria. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You have blessed us with the example of your ser- servant, Maria Calpis whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we are praying for the healing of our friend, young Maria. Help us to continue life's journey 
with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. We ask this through Jesus our Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, again, friends, uh, thank you for being here with us. And uh, a little later on this hour, we will play Saint of the Day, so you can call in and uh, win a fabulous prize. Jim will be here at the weather. Um, and also, if you are listening live on this Friday, January 3rd at uh, 4.07, you can watch the program live. We're coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia as well as live on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. We're coming to you live there as well. And uh, I think I just saw someone pop up a comment on Facebook. I'll take a look at it when we take our musical break. You know, just a a quick note. Mm -hmm. After we were here, now it's probably a couple of weeks ago, our last Friday Live, Mm -hmm. we had gotten a text or something on Facebook, there was a gentleman in South Africa. Oh, that's right. Remember? And he was watching. Cam- 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 Cameroon? Cameroon. Cameroon. So if you're out there, my friend, I have no idea what time it could be and what is the weather like. I'm just looking for that nice, warm sun. So That's right. We got a nice... But uh, how wonderful that you should reach out. Thank you for listening. Watching on Facebook. And, and uh, God bless uh, you, know. you and, and your village and your people and your family. That's right. And Happy we... New Year there, too. Oh, here's the comment. See what the comment says. I think I can see what the comment says here. Well, uh, maybe not. I don't know what no, I'm doing we're, here. We're hitting replay. <laughs> I keep things simple. I just sit in the chair and do the show. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all this technology, sometimes you get all kinds of. I'm trying to, to see how I can pull up the comment, but I can't really seem to pull it up right now. But we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to the comment. You can answer the question. So when we come back, we're going to talk about those top Christmas songs. Christmas Top 10, and uh, this is actually, we're going to count down from 5 to 1 as far as playing the, the carols and hymns. So this okay. is this 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 is a this was actually done by, um, let me get the correct resource up here in front of yeah, me. Yeah, because that's the other thing. When you look up different resources, now I went, I, we both were doing a little research on our own, and um, the first one that pops up on my phone, probably because of all the times I tap into it, is Classic FM. So f- for this area, 89.1 or 90.1, whatever it is on the FM station, sometimes I'll just tap into and listen to all the classical music. So they had a top 10 Christmas, but that was very classically oriented. You know, this is from Share Faith Magazine. Okay. Share Faith Magazine. Um says the, the here's the list their list of top 20 most popular carols and hymns of all time mm-hmm. and a little snippet of how they came to be the songs we know and love that's fun i think i forwarded that to you so so they did their own survey so another survey that popped up on mine was southern living probably because i look for recipes <laughs> but they too but that would have the influence it was from a radio station in birmingham alabama of all mm-hmm. places and they start playing their christmas music at the end of october Okay, so this is so, number five on the list. Did you and, want to go to a song and then come back? I said, I'm going to play it. Oh, okay. I'm going to play number five. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to okay. play number five. Gotcha. And very appropriate for this weekend, actually. So uh, we'll be back. Don't go away. Here's number five on the top ten Christmas carols of all time.
Well, okay, that was number three. We three kings of Orient Complete with percussion ensemble, snare drum, triangle, and gong. And gong at the end. I think it was the three kings themselves singing. It's like a theatrical production. So that was number five on the Share Faith magazine survey of top ten Christmas carols and hymns. All right. We three kings of Orient I feel like I could almost name 10, maybe, you know, being off by two or three, but not that I would get them in the proper order. But I feel like. Yeah. I mean, there are some that well, people just really gravitate yeah, toward. Yeah, there are and some that, you, you know, most people just, you think of Christmas carols. And you think of those, those songs come out. And you think of, you know, a number Certain. of them. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we, of course, we were playing, when we were playing all of our music throughout Chris, Advent and Christmas, it was all hymns and carols. It wasn't any of the secular stuff. Right. Although a few things popped up, I think. Like if, if you think about We Wish You a Merry Christmas really isn't a religious right. carol or hymn. But that would work its way in. How but about good the 12 tidings. Di- good, uh, the 12 Days of Christmas. I didn't hear that. Unless oh, sure. That was on I there. wasn't listening 24-7. Yeah, that, that's, but that was on there that numerous was, times. Yeah, okay. Um, and the history behind that, of course, is the... Trying know, to share the faith in a, um, you know... Hidden manner, right? So right, they were, right. In the old days, they were doing that, uh, warning the, I guess it was a way of teaching the catechism without actually overtly yeah. teaching the catechism. So <laughs> that was number five. And then um, we'll do we'll do the, the countdown of songs, the, the, the top five. That was number five. We'll go to four when we take our next musical break. But we can go back to the actual list that was put out by um, the... Uh, Share Faith Magazine. I'm going to go back down here to number 10. Number 10 on their top 10 list was... Uh, oh, oh, where am I going here? Scroll down. Oh, The Little Drummer Boy, huh. which is a fairly recent hymn, considering it was uh, written in 1955. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it's I'm Older Than The Little Drummer Boy song. <laughs> <laughs> the song, I'm Older, was originally... Uh, Known as The Carol of the Drum, a popular Christmas song written by the American classical music composer teacher Catherine Kennicott Davis. You know who that is? No. But she's an American classical music composer (laughs) and teacher. It was written in 1941, recorded in 1955 by the Trapp family singers. Oh, there you go. Of the famous Von Trapp (laughs) family and further popularized in 1958 by a recording by the Harry Simeon Chorale. Right. That's the most That's popular the one. the one that I think you would hear, right? The version was re- released uh, successfully several years. Of course, it's been done many times. And uh, oh, right. one of the, I think, more updated popular versions of that is being Crosby and David, David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah. Bowie, yes, I say Bowie. 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 Um, that was beautiful because they coupled it with like a, a newer Yeah, movie. but you know the story behind that? I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with that being Crosby and David Bowie singing that song. And, and David Bowie's doing it with a, a counter mm-hmm. melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, to it, but the thing was, he was a guest. Uh, Bing Crosby every year had his Christmas special. In fact, Christmas Eve on one of the channels I was watching, Get TV, it was called. They were doing every special for every hour, a whole new oh, different. Oh, I bet year. you love. I was just that. sitting there enjoying Bing Crosby. Yeah. But anyway, that particular year was 1977. It was the last um, Christmas special Bing Crosby ever made. Um, and David Bowie, I guess, who was popular in '77, mm-hmm. was a guest star. And he came on the show only because his mother was a fan of Bing Crosby. He didn't Aww. want to do it. Aww. 
and when they had the little drummer boy song to to sing, they were supposed to sing it together. Bowie refused. I said, "I hate that song. I'm not going to sing that song." Oh, and so spoiled star. Somebody, so, somebody compo- some composer who was there on staff or something, within an hour and a half, wrote that counter melody. Like, um, we can make okay. This well, work. don't sing that. You can sing this part to it, and they put it together. And it was wonderful. So that's become you and Anthony used to. We do did that, that one night on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was number. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, so that's probably how number a lot 10. of younger people know. Number ten. Number nine. Bleh, boots. Go tell it on the mountain. No. Oh. Mary, did you know? Oh. That's not a Christmas song. Because Mary knew. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's very modern. But all right. Uh, we went Keep over going. that. We went number over that. Yeah. Number eight. Uh, do you hear what I hear? Nice. Which actually is is another contemporary hymn. Uh, Do you hear what I hear? A song written in October 1962 with lyrics by uh, Noel Regney and music by uh, Gloria Shane Baker. They were married, wrote it uh, as a plea for peace during the Cuban Cuban Missile Crisis. hmm. That makes sense. Um, He had been invited by a record producer to write a Christmas song, but was hesitant due to the commercialization of the Christmas holiday. It has since sold tens of millions of copies and been recovered by hundreds of artists. You know, if you write one hit song. That's what I mean. A lot of these names are not going to be real for No, but they probably, li- they, they probably made a living off of that one song. Right. And their family right. still. I was watching last night. There was a special on one of the channels uh, on the, the show Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And Merv Griffin, who was the, the creator of the show, since has passed away, he was a talk show host, but he was also a comp- composer. That Jeopardy song, he wrote that like in an hour and a half. A little jingle. A little jingle. And his son was on the special and said that they have made literally close to $82 million just on that song. Anthony, are you listening? Jingles. <laughs> There's life in jingles. So what was that? That was number seven? Because they get remuneration every time it's played, right? Yeah. Now, maybe I'm doing this. Did I say top 10 or these one? Top 10? Uh, they seem more, oh, top 20. Yeah, then these are. I'm sorry. That was top 20. So that was number 17. Uh, Let's skip. We'll go down. We'll keep going through. Okay. Um, the next one, 16, Angels from the Realm of Glory, mm. 1816. From our Protestant brothers and sisters. Inspired by Luke 2.13, the author James Montgomery was a Scottish-born hymnodist. 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 A poet and editor attributing to his writing was a devotion to Christ, to the scriptures. Angels from the Realms of Glory was uh, first sung in a Moravian church in England on Christmas Day, 1821. Mm-hmm. Angels from the realms of glory. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's real popular in, I don't know, it depends on your parish and the, the organist and the repertoire. That's not one that I've used, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's because I have my own personal favorites. Yeah, well, we all do. Uh, by the way, let's check and see if our listeners have any favorites yet. Nope, not yet. If you have a favorite Christmas carol, you can text me right now, 609 609- 4938255 609-493-8255. Text your favorite Christmas carol to me right now, and we'll start tallying them up and see what we can get. And I bet they make the top ten. But there is one point for my side of the desk talking about desk calendars. Thank you, Bob, from St. Martha's. Oh, yeah, St. Martha's is Point Pleasant. 
a, a desk calendar from his um, bulletin publisher. So he's in parish work as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad there's somebody across the uh, the miles using a desk calendar as go. well. Thank you, Bob. One point for me. Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, number mm-hmm. 16, written in 1867. Uh, text was written by um, Phillips Brooks, an Episcopalian priest. Mm-hmm and a rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity in Philadelphia. Oh, how about that? So it's a local uh, composer. He was inspired by visiting the village of, of Bethlehem in the uh, in, in 1865 in Jerusalem. Three years later, he wrote a poem for his church and asked the organist, Louis Redner, I guess the grocery store owner. From the famous Redner Markets, yeah. <laughs> to come up with a <laughs> tune to uh, match the poem for the Christmas program that year. Kind of like si- the same Silent Night story, right? Right, right. Uh, after initially struggling with inspiration for the tune, Lewis uh, was struck with the inspiration on the night before uh, before the Christmas program. Due to their agreement, Redner's tune was the uh, then titled St. Louis. And today this tune is used most often for this carol in the U.S. So he had written this called St. Louis mm-hmm. and used the same melody mm-hmm. from a little town mm-hmm. of Bethlehem. <laughs> I think many of the hymns and carols were penned by religious on, you know, whether they were Catholic priests or... Mm-hmm. Um, Protestant ministers, I, I, I do believe that that's the trend. Hmm. Uh, that was 15, 14. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're yeah. old. 1863. Yeah, I thought that was a more recent one. Yeah. Um, got its birth from the Civil War in 1861. Henry, Henry, Henry? Henry <laughs> Wadsworth Longfellow uh. went through a number of devastating family circumstances in the years prior to the conception of this carol, filled with tragedy and discouragement, Henry composed the carol to vent all of his feelings and emotions during this time. Two stanzas, now omitted from most hymnals, speak of the cannons thundering in the south mm. and of the hatred tearing apart the hearthstones of the continent. Mm. Henry, at this point, wants to hang his head and wallow in despair. But then he hears the Christmas bells and is reminded that God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, because, you know, we don't want to just be entertaining here. We want to be educational. That's right. There is a quiz, by the way, so (laughs) get yourself ready. Uh, I think this is uh, 1413. It came upon a midnight clear, Uh, 1849. So these are like 17th and 18th. In the 1800s, you're going to find a lot of them come from the 1800s. 1849, sometimes (laughs) rendered as it came upon a midnight clear, is a poem and Christmas carol. Uh, written by Edmund Sears, pastor of the Unitarian Church mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Sears' lyrics are most commonly set to one of two melodies. Uh, carol composed by Richard uh, Carol composed by Richard Storrs Willis or Noel, adapted from an English melody. Do you know a different melody? It came upon a But when the meter is such that it can fit into another hymn tune with the same meter. Hmm. I mean, it works, but it has come, you know, in the, down the line through the years in the hymnals with a certain melody. That's the one you know. A perfect example is Away in a Manger. That's right. But there's and now, two versions of that. in the hymnals, I see both. For a while, we had Away well, one in is, a Manger. Da, 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 and that's the Protestant one. Manger. I always thought it was the other way around, but the, uh, the one more popular one, I think, Away mm-hmm. in a No crib for a bed of the little Lord Jesus. You're saying that's the Protestant version? I think that's version. the Protestant version. Mm. And the one that, the other one, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed of the little Lord Jesus. 
Let's sing. Let's just well, let's sing, th- everybody. Yeah, we, could. we got the karaoke set up let's over there. Uh, go tell it on the mountain. Oh, uh, that's not your favorite. That <laughs> so, should be number 50. For some right? reason, I just that yeah, song just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. But uh, John Wesley Work, 1879, mm. an African-American spiritual song compiled by John Wesley Work, has been sung and recorded by many gospel and secular performers. Original song composed by the African-American spirituals was taken by the Jubilee Singers at Fisk University, Nashville. Uh, so, it's, it, but 18, I even thought that was new. But 1879. Well, they date back, and they've just hung in there. I mean, a lot of different styles here. Next on the list, by our friend Freddie Handel. (laughs) Oh. The the one-hit wonder of Freddie Handel. Hallelujah, of course. (laughs) Is on here, yeah. Well, you can't really say that's a Christmas carol. No, because it really is from the Easter portion of the the Messiah, right? Right. And it's not one of those that, okay, our offertory hymn is uh, Hallelujah Chorus. (laughs) You could open your book and sing it. Keep going. First performed in Dublin in 1742. Received its London premiere a year later. Uh, Angels We Have Heard on High. Yes. 1855. Now this one, it says unknown as far as a composer goes. Maybe by the angels wrote them, wrote this themselves, mm-hmm. right? They couldn't f- attribute that to anyone, but French in its. Yeah. So these are the top twenty. We're going to take a break now and go to one of them. Go to number four, actually, on the list. If I can pull it up here without uh, messing up, uh, number four. And I would have thought this would have been number one, but it's number four. What do you think it is? Silent Night. That's right. Yeah. Came up as number four. Mm. Silent Night by Franz Gruber. Franz Gruber. I would say, though, okay, so I, I mentioned earlier I went to my uh, Southern Southern Livings and uh, Silent Night was number one. So okay. I, I think it's probably regional as well. Probably all number one in many people's hearts. But here we go. Sure. Silent Night. We'll be back with Jim and the weather. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather Alrighty, that means it's time for our Domestic Church Media Meteorologist with the first forecast of the new year 2020. Welcome back, Jim, and Happy New Year to Jim Hoffman. Happy New Year. How you doing? We're Good. doing How are great. You? Great. Can you hear me okay? Am I coming yes. in okay? Yeah. Lo- Jim, great. loud and clear. Excellent. Loud and clear. And did you I have... Only have two bar- I only have two bars on my cell phone right now. Oh, really? Okay. Ooh. Well, yeah. So where are you? Just hanging out? You work? You driving? I'm uh, work, working today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Working, working. Some people had to go back to work. We did, too. Yes, well, I did. <laughs> Here we are. And I, I even saw some, I heard the buses. There were so some of the school children. Schools were open. I passed yeah, over. Yeah, I passed yeah. over. I thought they didn't go back till next Monday, but I guess it depends on where. Yeah, my son My son goes to Steinert here in Hamilton, and they started back up yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, right I, back to the routine. Some I, no, we had our nephews. I think are said they didn't go back till Monday coming Monday, up. Monday, right? right. So Catholic school. Yeah. Though, so. so, did you have a nice Christmas Holy Day and uh, Holy Week and a New Year, Jim? Yeah, it was great. Had a great time being with uh, friends and family. I think I ate a little bit too much, but uh, other than that. It was, it was a great time. Well, beautiful. We're happy that you did, and we're happy to have you back in a brand new year, 2020. Can you believe it? 2020. I know. But I tell you what, I stepped outside to get the mail about an hour ago, and I'll take any kind of, I'll take this weather any January. I know. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't 20. It was probably more like 40, even 50. So what, what, are, we, what are we looking at in this new year to start off with? Well, you know, I, um, I just uh, looked at some of the longer range forecasts, and uh, really, there's nothing in the way of wintry weather to speak of. Uh, the kind of pattern we're in is more of a you know rain here and there, and warmer temperatures. So, if anyone's looking for big snow, um, I guess they'll have to go to Colorado, where my daughter is. They had two feet the other day. Oh, I hear they See really. Both Oh my goodness! Now I know before your your knee surgery, you used to like to used to like to have the snow and the, and the skiing weather. Are you still feeling that way, or maybe just not as much anymore? I I hope I don't have to have knee surgery. Oh, <laughs> my hip. oh yeah, hip. 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 I'm sorry, no, hip. That's, hip. that's okay. <laughs> no, it's you know what? It's it's funny because um, when I went in for my first checkup, the the nurse comes in to take your vitals, and she said, "So which knee was it?" Oh, <laughs> and I was dear. like, "Wait a second, I don't." <laughs> I don't, I don't expect Jim Manfredonia to remember, but I expect <laughs> the nurse, to That's right. <laughs> well, let me see. What kind of need do we have to work on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an old Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, no so snow no, in the forecast, but what do we have? No snow in the forecast, but, um, you know, above normal temperatures and rain. And it's raining out there in some places right now. That rain is going to continue into tonight, and we're going to dip down to 40 degrees. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow, that rain continues, high near 50. Now, 50 is the, the cutoff between when I ride my bike or if I, <laughs> you know, do the stationary bike in the basement. Me too. Five, that is. Me right. too, exactly. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if it's going to rain, then I'll probably do it in the basement. So, yeah. anyway, so Saturday, not a good day, rain, high near 50. And that rain continues into Saturday night and it ends overnight, early in the morning, mostly cloudy low around 35 degrees. And then Sunday, partly sunny, high near 40. 
And as we look into Sunday night and early next week, uh, Sunday night, chance of rain and snow showers into the early morning, uh, cloudy with a low around 30. And then Monday, mostly sunny, under 45. And just taking a look into next week, looks like we have on and off chance of uh, rain throughout the week uh, with highs in the low to mid 40s and lows in the, looks like some lows might get down to the um, upper 20s to low 30s. So it might be a little nippy at night, but um, no, no, you know, as we said before, really this is the, the time of year where we're looking out for those, you know, Big snowstorms that come up the coast, but we're not seeing any of those right now, at least for the next couple of weeks. Well, you know, we were, Cheryl and I were chatting the other day uh, about last year. We don't recall even having one last year at all. Did we have any big storms last year? Do you remember? Yeah, we had one surprise storm, I believe it was in November, and uh, there were a lot of of traffic accidents. Um, It really took the state of New Jersey, and I know New York City as well, um, off guard. Didn't really expect it to be much. But that was late November last year, I believe it was. And then the rest of the year, um, the rest of that winter, we didn't really have anything to speak of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't remember. Now, when you look at this year, we did have a few hits of uh, snow. Northern Northern Jersey had some ice and snow over the past few weeks. But um, since then, it's it's been on the mild side. Yeah. So we'll see how the rest of the winter turns out. But as yeah. I said, the next couple of weeks, if your snow lovers uh, not looking too good. Oh. All right. Well, Jim. Well, we still have a couple of months. Uh, yeah. I, actually, I said the yeah. older, the older oh, I get, yeah. the more I welcome weather like this. And yeah. the snow, you know, the, the, the chances of slipping and sliding <laughs> greatly increase, especially after you reach 65, because, you know, one out of four older Americans do fall down at one point. <laughs> I, I read that somewhere. I've been watching him closely. <laughs> One out of four Americans over 65 will fall down. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for that. Anyway, Jim, thank you so much. We appreciate it. God bless you, and and, uh, have a great weekend. We'll look forward to talking with you next week. Okay, God bless, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks, Jim. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, before we go to our next segment, uh, hi, Jim and Cheryl. This is Kathy from St. James in Red Bank. My hi, favorite, Kathy. Happy New Year. My See fa- you soon. My favorite Christmas carols. Uh-oh, I just want to wait. Now, where'd it go? Oh. There we go. There. My favorite Christmas carols are Como Come Emmanuel and Silent Night. So glad you're still playing beautiful Christmas music. Also, uh, we have another uh, text come in. Our favorite uh, Christmas carol is Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, God Bless You, both with good health and blessings in the new oh, year. Beautiful. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, for that. and same to you. All right, so let's uh, go to our next segment, which of course is where'd it go? Oh, here I'm playing with all this music. Here we They're go. heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what when on earth they were just like you and me, and now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the time to play saint of the day and we're gonna give you some clues about uh, today's saint not the liturgical saint of the day the saint that we've chosen to be our uh, particular saint of the day sure we'll read some clues listen carefully and uh, when she comes to the last clue she'll let you know this is the last clue then if you think you know who it is give us a call at 609 8 nope 609-493-8255 that's 609 609- 
493-8255 when you think you know who today's saint of the day is. And uh, again, don't uh, call until she says this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. Now let's play Saint of the Day. This particular saint was born in New York City in 1774. Her father was a well-known doctor, but her mother died when she was just three years old. In 1774, she married a rich merchant who owned a fleet of ships. They had five children and lived a happy life together. She devoted time to her family, to helping others, and to prayer. Their family belonged to the Trinity Episcopal Church in New York City. Soon, her happy life began to change. Both her father and father-in-law died. The family fortune quickly dwindled, and then her husband became ill. In 1803, she brought her husband to Italy, hoping the climate there would help him get better. She, her husband, and daughter journeyed by ship, but her husband died shortly after their arrival. This saint prayed, My God, I am alone in the world with you and my little ones, but you are my father and doubly theirs. She and her daughter remained in Italy as guests of the Felici family, who were very kind and tried to ease their sorrow by sharing with them their own deep love for their Catholic faith. This saint returned home to New York, convinced that she would become Catholic, but her family and friends didn't understand her decision. She went ahead with courage and joined... Excuse me. (laughs) I need my coffee. And joined the Catholic Church in 1805. Are you allowed to yawn on the radio? Yes, you may yawn. They can't see you on the radio unless you make a point of it. Okay, I'm very sorry. She went ahead with courage and joined the Catholic Church in 1805. And a few years later, she was asked to come and open a girls' school in Baltimore, where she decided to live as a religious sister. Many women came to join her, including her sister, sister-in-law, even two of her own daughters. They became the Sisters of Charity, and she was given the title of mother. Many young women came to join her, and the community grew rapidly. They moved into a larger house. Besides founding many Catholic schools, she opened many orphanages, even made plans for a hospital. She was best known for the way she visited the poor and the sick. And this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. If you want to take a guess on who today's saint of the day is, 609-493-8255. She was canonized a saint in 1975, becoming the first U.S.-born citizen to be declared a saint. U.S.-born citizen. First U.S.-born citizen. School. Sisters of Charity. Hmm, from our area, Baltimore, 609-493-8255. We do have a contestant calling in. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Patricia from Monmouth County. Patricia from Monmouth County. Well, welcome, Patricia. Happy New Year to you. Colt Snack. (laughs) Very good. And who do you think today's saint of the day is? Would you think it's Mother Cabrini? No, Ooh, no, not Mother no, Cabrini. But, oh, so close though. But good guess though, Patricia. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks. There's so many. Thanks. <laughs> okay. That's right. Many saints. Yeah, okay, we hope one day you're counted among them. That's right. Okay. God bless you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Patricia. 
Hi, you're on the air. Oops, whoop, whoop, whoop. That one we got the worst one. That so Patricia's going to do her homework now. Okay, She's so going to look up Mother Cabrini. We're still waiting for the correct answer. Mother Cabrini was close. Very, yeah. So Same s- geographical area. So similar. Very similar. Especially with schools. But uh, 609-493-8255 is, oh, we have another caller coming in. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Pete, and I'm calling from Cambridge. Pete from Creamridge. Okay, very good, Pete. And who do you think today's saint of the day is? Sister Ann Seton. Yes! Very good, Pete. Yes, it is. Elizabeth Ann Seton, whose feast day we celebrate tomorrow. So it wasn't today's saint of the day. <laughs> it was tomorrow. But close <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> All right, Pete, very good. And now, what's your parish over there in Creamridge? Uh, actually, it is St. David in... Uh, if that's West Windsor. Oh, West Windsor, very good. Okay. Well, that's the correct answer again is uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. That is correct. Pete is the winner today. Pete, I'm going to ask you to hold on. Don't hang up. Cheryl will get on the phone with you and uh, get some information from you so we can send you a prize, okay? Thanks very much. Great. Stand okay, up. great. Okay. Hold on. And friends, uh, we're going to go to number three. Did I say number three? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it number three? And number three on our top 20 list of... Christmas carols, and it is this beautiful hymn that we love to sing, Joy to the World. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
right, and that was, yes, indeed, that was number three on the top 20 Christmas carols, according to Share the Faith uh, magazine. And they we're going to play number two and the number one Christmas carol uh, coming up next hour. Uh, but before we do that, again, I want to congratulate uh, Pete from Cream Ridge, who is our winner, Saint of the Day today. And uh, he named correctly today's Saint of the Day, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton. Uh, and getting involved in uh, starting to read a lot about the lives of the saints. And good. both he and his wife are getting very involved in their parish. And you could just hear it in his voice like that almost a reigniting, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's let's get involved and let's do more. And they're really like jumping on board and, and exploring a Sounds lot Sounds like of, we could have them be our, some of our liaisons over there. Well, he's already in touch with Mary. Oh, he is the, good. So it sounds like there's great things happening. And I was sharing with Pete that I had never heard of Cream Ridge and me with all my map I thought Cream Ridge, Cream Ridge was down in Monmouth County. Is that not there? Well. I don't know where it is. The fact that if he goes to, where did he say he goes to? Uh, St. David's West in West Windsor. That's, yeah. that's, we know where that is. Well, I'm going to have to look at the map again. But there were people on our pilgrimage tour from Cream Ridge, and mm. that's when I first heard of it. And then since then, it's cropped up a few times. I thought, where mm-hmm. is this Cream Ridge, New Jersey? And I was born and raised in, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But um, So I'm going to look at my map again, Mr. Pete. But um, I'll mail him a book that might hap- help him and his wife with some of their catechetical faith formation classes. Very good. So uh, congratulations, Pete. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, her feast day is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she was canonized in 1977, uh, 75, because 75. I was at uh, Seton Hall at the time, oh. and uh, they gave us the day off. <laughs> that must have been a big day. <laughs> it was a big day at Seton Hall University. Now, do you, so do you remember when, like spring or uh, what time of year? I would imagine it was... Uh, uh, Springtime, but I don't. I just remember we got the, I remember we got the day off. <laughs> they closed uh, the university yeah. because of the canonization. So well, uh, seventy-five. That was I Pope Paul the sixth graduating from high school. And I was a college man. I didn't even know you. No. <laughs> well, we waited till it was all more appropriate. We waited till we got. That was my. I we was, were old. I was, I was old. I turned thirty <laughs> when I met you. Uh, anyway, what's happening next? Okay, so coming up next hour, of course, our gospel reading for this Sunday, which is the beautiful Feast of the Epiphany. Father John Butler is here. He'll be giving us a gospel reflection. We're going to talk more about these top 20 Christmas carols, but also show you what are the most popular uh, selling Christmas songs, which is quite of a dichotomy. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, also next hour, Julie Onderko, who's written a book called Holy Handmaids of the Lord, will join us to talk about the book and all these beautiful, holy, and powerful women in the church. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live.
Hi, this is Lynn Dio, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on Don't Inform the Parents. An adolescent suicide increase, the movement to prevent bullying has spread. But laws have even been set in place to prevent bullying in schools. But New Jersey advocates are concerned. They claim these new bullying laws are outing LGBTQ students to their parents. What do they propose as a solution, you ask? They propose to not tell the parents the full story of a student's bullying if it pertains to sexual preference or orientation. Parents, please be aware of what is going on in your children's school, as this is only the beginning. The mission of the New Jersey Family Policy Council is to offer educational seminars, research information, and programs to help build strong families. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. I would always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. 
The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. And welcome back. Another hour of Friday Live on this January 3rd, 2020. That'll be easy to say all year long, 2020. 2020. 2020? This is Barbara Walters. Uh, and you know, I was, I, there's a little that Facebook had that meme mm-hmm. before the New Year saying they wanted Barbara Walters to host the uh, Dick Clark, you know, Rock and New Year's Eve. So right, she right. would say, welcome to 2020. Right. But so many people don't get that. Because they don't remember her remember in that her. show. It was like from the 80s, exactly wasn't it? Right. 30 exactly. 30 years right. ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're back and coming up this hour, of course, as we do every Friday <laughs> at the top of the hour, we read uh, this Sunday's gospel, which, of course, is the beautiful Feast of the Epiphany. And today, our reflection will be by our friend, Father John Butler, pastor of St. Michael's in West End. So uh, we invite you to do that. And then coming up, uh, stay with us for that. And then also coming up next, uh, a little later on this hour, Julie Anderko, who's written a book called Holy Handmaids of the Lord, about very beautiful um, women saints who have won the battle for souls. Uh, a great book, especially for, for women, young, young girls, women to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie will be here in about uh, 30 minutes or so, so stay with us for that. But now we'll go to our gospel reading for this Sunday for the Feast of the Epiphany. Which is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. 
They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. In our Gospel passage today from St. Matthew, we meet and we encounter the Magi, the three kings, the three wise men, those Magi whom we meet and encounter as they meet and encounter the greatest good, the baby Jesus and his mother, our Blessed Mother, and as they and we also meet and encounter one of the world's greatest evils, King Herod, who, as we know, later ordered the assassination, the infanticide of the Holy Innocents. Based on Scripture itself and on Scripture alone, sola scriptura, one might say, there is a great deal that we do not know about the Magi. For example, who are the Magi? Matthew tells us very little about them beyond a vague reference to their point of origin and the purpose of their journey. What is a Magi? Or, more appropriately, what is a Magus, a singular form of the word? Again, Matthew offers no definition, but outside of Scripture, for just a moment, we do find that the term has several interpretations. First, a member of the priestly class, or one who was schooled in the occult, or a third possibility, what we would today refer to and know as a magician, or simply a charlatan who preys upon his audience using one of or a combination of the practices just listed. So back to what we don't know about the Magi. What were their names? How many were there? Technically, we don't know their number. It's not specified in the Gospel. The threeness of the three wise men is inferred from the quantity of three gifts that Matthew specifically tells us they offered to the baby Jesus. And as for their names, tradition, with a lowercase t, and legend tell us, Balthazar of Arabia, Melchior of Persia, Gaspar of India, but the Gospel itself is silent on their identities. So, in light of all this absence of information, do we dismiss these magi from the East, whom Matthew and sacred scripture have given us? Do we dismiss them as mere fiction, as fable, as fake news? Of course not. We rely on the witness and on the testimony of Matthew. We trust in Matthew as he speaks with a knowledgeable and an authoritative voice. Now this is how the birth of Jesus came about. So what do we learn from these magi from the East, from these so-called wise men? What wisdom have they discovered that we can inherit? What do we have in common with them? How might our spiritual journeys and our searches for God compare with theirs? How might our actions follow their examples? A few thoughts now to ponder, to pray over on this, the solemnity of the epiphany of the Lord. First, the Magi, in following that star of Bethlehem, had embarked on a journey of both body and soul. They had a sense of what they were seeking, but they did not know exactly what, whom, they would find until they reached their destination. We, too, are engaged in similar journeys, journeys of faith, seeking God, seeking to be with God, seeking to be faithful disciples. In the Magi, we find an openness of mind and heart, undeterred by hardships, uncertainty, risks, and homicidal kings, undeterred by time, distance, and terrain for the sake of Jesus. They were Gentiles, and still they left family and comfort and convenience at home in order to do homage to a God they did not fully know. 
and we say the same for ourselves. The Magi knew their richness, but they also knew their poverty, what was missing in their lives, and their need for a Savior. We, too, have spiritual needs, and those spiritual needs can best be met when we enter into communion with others and ultimately with God. Discovering and knowing our needs is the beginning of humility and wisdom, and we find a strong example of both in these, our three wise men. And the wise men, Magi, they prioritized one thing only, setting their eyes upon the Savior. And sure enough, they have been remembered throughout the ages, not for their wealth or their status, but for that single moment, the epiphany, in which their desire was fulfilled and they cast their eyes upon the Lord, that little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. We are invited and called to do the same thing. Our universal call to holiness, our universal vocation to prioritize Jesus and put Jesus first in our lives. And finally, this story of the Magi and their encounter with the Holy Family gives us yet one more piece of evidence, more witness, more testimony about who this infant Jesus is and who he will grow up to be. As the Magi witness the manifestation, the miracle, the mercy, and love of God himself incarnate before their very eyes, they grasp the answer to the question, what child is this? They recognize the baby as God and respond by prostrating themselves, doing him homage, and presenting him with the best gifts that they have to give, their faith, their prayers, their adoration, as well as their gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the tangible gifts that fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament, Isaiah, the book of Numbers, the Psalms, and the gifts that look to the future of Jesus, to the destiny of Jesus, to his mission, and to his glory. Atticus Finch, in the book and movie To Kill a Mockingbird, offered the advice that one cannot be certain about someone until standing in his or her shoes and walking about in them. On this, the solemnity of the Epiphany, we are blessed with the opportunity to stand in the shoes of the Magi and to walk with them, travel with them, journey with them, to seek and find Jesus with them. Truly, a most wonderful Christmas gift, this, the gift of the Magi. May God bless you and your families and all your loved ones. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a, a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, when Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. You've heard that St. Paul Street Evangelization supports hundreds of teams of evangelists sharing the good news. But did you know that some of these teams are public prayer stations? Set up a sign on the sidewalk and offer prayer and encouragement to those you encounter. Everyone needs prayer. Try this new method of witnessing to Jesus. Contact St. Paul Street Evangelization to get started at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. 
There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. All right, welcome back. And uh, we're going to continue a little bit with our top... 20 Christmas carols, and then... Anybody else chime in which ones yet, they like? But if you listeners do have a favorite Christmas carol you would like us to uh, mention, you can uh, text us your favorite Christmas carol right now, 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255, and text us your favorite Christmas carol, because uh, we're still in the Christmas season. We were talking this morning... Um, or recently, you and I, uh, Cheryl, about um, the Epiphany, January 6th, being a really a bigger celebration in many European countries, like Italy. Italy. Mm-hmm. It's much. It's bigger than it is actually on the 25th of December. And isn't it also in in parts of South America, Mexico? Oh, perhaps. Puerto Rico? I think, yeah, I believe so. That's Puerto Rico has a, a, a nice tradition where the three kings come by at night. We did it with our kids. Remember, they would leave a shoebox full of hay under their bed. Yes. The night before the 6th and then that night the three kings were coming through and they well the they children were asleep us. they would put take the hay for the camels and put little <laughs> toys and trinkets in there. <laughs> Just like St. Nicholas the night before St. Nicholas they the put shoes. their shoes out. Right. So you can keep you can keep Christmas like I was well, I'm I was going to try it and see if it works. I was talking about it yesterday <laughs> on the program because uh, Angela said our daughter during all of our Christmas festivities I guess it was New Year's Day we were together. And Charlotte, our three-year-old granddaughter, said, I want more Christmas. I want more. She really got into it this year. I want more Christmas. But she's one that loves. She's a party girl. She loves a lot of people in the house, Mm. like all the family and friends. She she feels the joy of a celebration, and she doesn't want it to end, which is why I I think, you know, the last couple of, and it's been every few days from Christmas to New Year's Day to the birthday celebration to all that, um, towards you know people are starting to get ready to go they're packing up the food and she senses that it's coming to an end and Mm -hmm. she'll start getting a little weepy and i want this i want that i don't want this or that Mm -hmm. and it's just like to detract from well maybe it won't end if i start crying people will fuss over me and then the party will end right (laughs) i don't know what is the logic of a three-year-old but those yes she wants more christmas don't we all yeah so we're doing the top 20 Christmas carols, and uh, number 10 now, this is according to Share Faith magazine, uh, Oh Holy Night is number 10. Um, with It says, written by Adolf Charles Adam, 1847. Do you hear this guy? Well, I did, but only think, I think because I play it so much and you see the composer on the, on the score. But it says, with a special mention to John Dwight, Oh mm-hmm. Holy Night, Cantique de Noël mm-hmm. is a well-known Christmas carol composed by Adolphe Charles Adam in 1847 to the French poem Minuet, whatever that means, 
Can't read French. <laughs> Obviously. But it's something like that. I'll take a look. Uh, by, a, by a wine merchant and a poet. That's why. Cantique de Noël. Um, then it says, oh, oh, it was a French poem and then mentioned poem by a wine merchant and poet, Placide de Capu. John Dwight discovered this French carol and translated it into English to A Holy Night. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's the history behind all that. Let's see. Another uh, listener says, my favorite Christmas carol, Green Sleeves. What child is this? Jan from St. Rose in Freehold. Thank you, Jan. God bless you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, let's see. So number nine. I, I This is one of my favorite. Oh, come all you faithful. Adeus de Fidelis. Mm. John Francis Wade, 1743, it was written. Mm, one of the earlier ones. With a special mention to Frederick Oakley, 1845. Oh, come all you faithful. Originally written in Latin as a Deste Fidelis, as a Christmas carol, which has been attributed to various authors. In 1743, John Francis Wade had produced a copy of the now popular O Come, O You Faithful. After his passing in 1786, English Catholics began returning to Britain, bringing the carol with them. Frederick Oakley eventually came across the carol and was so moved that he decided to translate it into English for Margaret Street Chapel. After converting to Catholicism in 1845, Oakley revised the original uh, Ye Faithful approach to the now famous O Come, All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. Uh-huh. So when he became Catholic, he just he got punched triumphant. up the carol a bit, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, number, did I say number nine? Mm-hmm. Number nine. Uh, number eight. What child is this? So there you go, Jan. Oh, good. Um, William... Chatterton Dix in 1865. What child of this is a Christmas carol whose lyrics were written by William Chatterton Dix in 1865. At the time of composing the carol, he worked as an insurance company manager and had been struck by a severe illness. While recovering, he underwent a spiritual renewal that led him to write several hymns, including lyrics to this carol that was subsequently set to the tune of Greensleeves a traditional English folk song. Mm-hmm. Although it was written in England, the carol is more popular in the U.S. than in its own country of origin. So very popular here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured that would be in the top ten. Number six, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. And really that's an Advent carol if we're going to be a sticklers about it. True. Um, I mean, you're, you're waiting. It says, John Mason Neal, 1851, with special mention to Henry Sloan Coffin. 1916, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is a Christian hymn for Advent. Uh, while it is most commonly known by that English title, it is, in fact, translation of the original Latin, Veni, Veni, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, translations into other modern languages, particularly German, are also widespread. In 1861, translation of hymns, ancient and modern, is the most promo- uh, prominent by far in the English-speaking world, but other English translations also exist. The hymn is a metrical paraphrase of the O Antiphons, a series of plain chanted antiphons attached to the Magnificat Vespers over the final days before Christmas. Isn't the melody a chant? It is a chant. It is, and it was later on, probably in the 1800s, when they added what we call the refrain, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. But the earliest, earliest chant was the first portion. Just the antiphon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you if you pray... Evening prayer, starting on the 17th of December, we, we prayed as the antiphon before the Magnificat. Those were the, the O antiphons. That's mm-hmm. what they are. Oh, 
So we're going to play number two, the number two uh, most popular Christmas carol in just a bit before we take our break and go to our, our guest, Julie Anderko. But in researching some of this, also came across a website from Newsweek magazine, the, 20, okay. the top Could... 20. Think about all the history we just gave you on all the carols and the, the inspiration and the yeah. uh, religious you know, zeal of these dear people writing hymns to our newborn savior. And then we get to the top 20 biggest selling Christmas songs of all time. <laughs> Could be a different list altogether. I wonder if there's even one that's on both lists. Gina says, just texted, Gina says, let there be peace on earth, which you don't really consider a Christmas hymn, a carol, but, but you can do it at Christmas about, time, sure. The, the readings for Mary, Mother of God mm-hmm. is a lot, you know, concerning peace and praying for peace. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? So here are the top 20 biggest-selling Christmas songs of all time. We'll see how many of those ones we just mentioned come into this category. Okay. Number 20, I never even heard of this one. This one's for the children, Funky, Funky Xmas, New Kids on the Block. Okay, keep going. You ever hear that? <laughs> Number 19, Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Mariah Carey. Mm. Never heard it. Uh, this Christmas by Chris Brown. This Christmas. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make the editorial comments here. He's gonna zip right through these. No, 20. I, I, I want to see. I want people to see like where we were in the 1800s writing <laughs> writing music On and Christmas hymns and carols <laughs> and carols and where we are today. Uh, number seventeen by, of course, the most popular group of all time, Wham. Are they popular? What's the title? Wham. Last Christmas. Oh, you ever hear that one? Or this Christmas? There's this Christmas. Then there's Last, last Christmas. Christmas. I don't know. Um, number 16, Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number 15, Jose Feliciano. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. That's a fun one. Um, number 14, these are all the top 20 best-selling Christmas songs of all time. We just gave According you the top... T- to Newsweek. <laughs> Newsweek magazine. We just gave you the top 20 Christmas carols and hymns that sing of the season. These are the top 20 Christmas uh, hits. Number 14, uh, By the Chipmunks. Oh, no. <laughs> the chipmunk song. Okay. I remember when that came out. That's yeah. how old I am. That's rather abusive. Yeah. If you now really here's one. Here you go. Now here's number, number uh, just after the chipmunk song, number thirteen, by the Trans Siberian Orchestra, Christmas Cannon. Oh. Top twenty, number thirteen mm. in the top twenty best-selling Christmas song. Um, number twelve by Faith Hill. Where are you, Christmas? Mm, that's very new. Wasn't that from the Christmas Carol or something? Like within a last couple of years, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. A song from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, co-written by Mariah Carey. So it must mm. be. Okay. Mm. Number 11, Christmas Time is Here by Vince Guaraldi. Oh, that's Charlie funny. Brown. Christmas Time is Here. Uh, oh, here's a picture of Elvis and Santa Claus. <laughs> okay, let's say Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue and Elvis is in the building. Christmas. Yes, that is number 10. Uh, number nine by Brenda Lee, rocking around the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. <laughs> uh, number eight. Oh, here it shows up again by Pentatonix. Oh. Mary, did you know? Huh. Mary knew. <laughs> he gets Stop on singing. His... Stop asking the question. Mary knew. The angel told her. Jim gets uh, on his platform with that one. Well, it did. <laughs> this child that be born will be called Emmanuel, the son of God. Mary knew. Um, number seven by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Christmas Eve. Hmm. Oh, that's the one that has the mashup of 
God rest you, merry gentlemen, and Carol the Bells. Right. right? So s- somewhat they're religious. Yeah, they're fun. Okay. Number eight, uh, number six, by Kristen Bell, I guess. Oh. We were singing this, the, we were singing right, the car the other night. It's from Frozen already. Do you want to, to build, build a snowman? snowman? Wow, that's hot off the press. Number five, the number, I mean, number six, the number six all-time selling Christmas song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? So in just a couple of years, it has surpassed all those yeah. from like Well, I mean, Disney, Disney does a great job of promotion. Yeah. And we went to see the, we, took, we were there with Disney our little, on ice, Disney on ice the other day with our little grandchildren. All about the little ones. Um, number five by Justin Bieber. <laughs> Is that Leave it to Bieber? <laughs> Leave it to Bieber. Uh, mistletoe, never heard it. Multi-platinum. It's gone multi-platinum. It's called mistletoe, and I don't even—I couldn't—I don't even know—I never heard of it. That's because our hair is platinum. I guess so. Keep going. Uh, number four by Band Aid. Oh, uh, do you know who that is? Band Aid. Not the Beatles. No. Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas time? Oh, is that it? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, you can see, tell. Uh, I listened who's, to. It was a who's who of British eighties music talent. Boy George, George Michael, Duran Duran get together for the song that inspired the USA for Africa's We Are the World. Right. Sold 2.5 million copies. Do they know it's Christmas? They were raising money. You remember that one. Number four, the number four all-time selling uh, song, uh, Christmas song by Gene Autry, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number three, and this song makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. All I want for Christmas, for Christmas is, is you. you. The wailing. Mar- Six-time multi-platinum award winner, Mariah Carey, sold at least six million copies of this song. And I, uh, keep going. I know, but I wish someone would give her what she wants for Christmas. She'd stop whining and wailing about it. <laughs> uh, number two, Bing Crosby. Oh, White Christmas. No, Silent Night. Ooh. The number two all-time selling all right. Christmas song. By so there's crossover. Bing Crosby, Silent but. Night. Of course, the number one by Bing Crosby. I'm dreaming of a white But Christmas. Silent Night is number two on that list. This is all-time selling. This is like this is like a more right. commercial. But where was it? Was four? It was number four okay, on the so popular. But this is this so is we had commercial. four and three. And what did you play after that? Joy to the world. Mm-hmm. What did you play? Just play. I didn't. We're going to play number two now. Okay. We're going to play number two, the number two all time, and all, number two on the list of uh, popular Christmas carols and hymns. We'll play it now. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Julia and Derek to talk about her book, Holy Hymn Into the Lord. And after that interview, we're going to play you the number one Christmas carol of all, all right. time. So stay where you are. More to come on Friday Live.
All right, that's the number two most popular Christmas carol of all time. The first. the first Noel, and we'll go to number one in just a little bit. But right now, we do want to welcome to the program Julian Derko, and uh, she and her husband reside in Milwaukee, Oregon. They have three grown sons, seven grandchildren. She has a master's degree in theology from the Augustine Institute. Julie is the coordinator of evangelization at her parish, Christ the King Catholic Church, the host of her weekly podcast and radio show, Your Next Mission from God, on Mater Day Radio. A, she's a Catholic speaker leader of multiple retreats and seminars, and she's written a brand new book called Holy Handmaids of the Lord, Women Saints Who Won the Battle for Souls. Julie, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. And Happy New Year to you, and a Happy Christmas still. We're still celebrating. I'm hoping you're having a blessed uh, Christmas season. I have been. It's been really nice. Thank Wonderful. you for asking. Wonderful. Yeah, we're our, our niece... In law is actually from Oregon. She's from Madras. I don't know how where that Oregon's a big state, okay. <laughs> but she speaks very yeah, highly. Yeah, that's, that's east. Yeah, yeah east. that's on the east side. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, every time I read a book or read about uh, the the beautiful holy women in our church's history, I think of the great misinformation and misunderstanding that people have of our church—that it's a male-dominated, you know, male or hierarchy. And really, women have played an enormous role in the history of our Church, haven't they? Oh, they sure have. It's amazing. I, I always, I, I'm always baffled by that perception that that uh, women are underneath men, and and that they didn't have much to say or much to do because they're they they're equals in the battle. It's just they just play a different role, but truly are in that battle right alongside men just sometimes in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and way ahead of the, 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 the so-called women's liberation movement. We're talking, we're talking centuries ago that women had a very prominent role in, uh, throughout the Church. Is that correct? Yes, yes. If you think about Catherine of Siena, you know, she's telling the Pope in Avignon, Rome, to you know, that he needs to go, I mean, in Avignon, France, that he needs to go back to Rome. Uh, she's a, a single in... Um, Kind of, she has a habit, but she's not cloistered, so she lives with her family. So she travels with an entourage and gets involved in politics, but always where the Lord had led her, always out of obedience. And uh, she was just a real humble leader, and people would say, well, she's a woman after all. I mean, who does she think she is? And they would really say these things about her, and and here she was doing, you know, just, just being obedient to... To Jesus Christ, she was just an obedient uh, daughter, you know, and uh, it, it's just it's just a misconception that women don't have a, a big role in the church. They have a huge role in the whole salvation history. Well, thank you so much for highlighting some of them, because, um, you know, the first people that come to my mind are, like you say, St. Catherine of Siena, some of the wonderful saints. I read the lives of the saints, and they're people that women can idolize and aspire to be. They're inspired by them. How is your book set up? Now, I didn't actually look at the book. Jim has it. And so— um, I, I was had it kept to myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He was just glued glued. <laughs> to it. But so this is good because for those people out here out there also who have not seen the book, what can they expect? Is it just in gen- generally like alphabetical order or by from the earliest centuries to the most modern like St. Teresa? How how is the book set up? Well, it's set up in three parts. Uh 
the, the goal of the book, or what I felt that Mother Mary was asking me to, to show uh, uh, the world, was this overarching view of woman's place in salvation history and her role that is still very much needed today. And so it, the, the book goes through, uh, there's a his, historical aspect of it, that it, it follows salvation history, the types of the Virgin Mary. So, you know, we've got like the Ark of the Covenant and, and Esther and Judith and, and some of these Old Testament women that prefigure her. But then we have the women in the, in the early church from the, from the very beginning of the church up until our modern era. And so we've got all these women. And then in that, the men that are with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't do it alone. You know, we, we are complementary in mission, although different. So although we don't feature the men as the main characters, they're in the book. They're definitely in there, like uh, Francis DuSales and Jane DeChantel. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, a partnership there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Martin, uh, uh, Lewis and Zaley Martin, you know, Therese's parents. Well, you couldn't very well tell Zaley's story without... Uh, knowing her husband's story, because it's a together kind of thing, even though the book focuses on her. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's this overarching view. So the beginning of the book, it's uh, just more about the stories of women saints. So since Christianity on, their stories individually. And then the second part is complementary and mission. So these are the stories of women in church history that uh, featured with their their partners. Um, either they're like like Don Bosco and his mother Margaret, so mm-hmm. a mother son or a married couple. Uh, and then the last part is really the the whole from the very beginning from Eve all the way to the present, and the whole history of preparing for the Virgin Mary, her role, our commissioning as part of this great uh, cosmic battle that we're in as baptized Christians, and then knowing our identity in that, and, and what what we really are called to be and then to do. We're talking with Julie Anderko, and she's written a book called Holy Handmaids of the Lord, Women Saints Who Won battle won the Battle for Souls, published by Sophia Press at sophiainstitute.com is the website. Uh, Julie, how did you decide, because you had quite a collection of women uh, from which to choose, how did you decide which women to put in the book? Or is there are there more volumes coming? Well, <laughs> Well, how it turned out is that I, I have a previous book that, that I wrote, um, Discovering Your Next Mission from God. And so I, I somewhat, if the story was already in that book, it, I didn't retell it in this one. Mm-hmm. Although some of the same saints have made it, because both books, they're not biographies necessarily, they're, they're parts of their lives that apply. And so, like, Therese is in both books, but they're completely different stories, mm-hmm. um, that, just a complete different story about her life that applies. So that was one thing. Like, like Catherine of Siena is not in this book because I featured her prominently in the other book. Mm-hmm. So that was one determining. Like, if I already done it, I wasn't going to, to repeat it. But then the other was just on pure inspiration because, you know, I wasn't prepared to write this book. I, I, was, I had, uh, had been through um, a three-year period that was very intense in my life, a, a real... Um, challenge and hardship, and that was coming out of it. And I finally had a couple of days to go on retreat. And it was on this retreat uh, at Mount Angel Abbey in um, 
in Oregon, south of, of me here, that uh, I was walking up and down the hill. They have a station at the crossing, and there's a grotto up for the Blessed Mother there. And I just, I just felt that she, I saw in my mind's eye just this overarching view of women and that we've lost our way, we don't know who we are, and that our Blessed Mother would very much want us to really get a grip on who we are because we just don't know it. It's not preached as much like, like maybe it used to be, or it's something we're losing in, in our modern day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of saw that, and then as it developed, it's just who came to mind, who was brought to mind. I investigated a few, and it kind of fizzled out. So these are the gals and, and, and their men that, that made the cut just by inspiration, I guess. Um, but it was with this, this overarching view, and that's why there's three sections in the book. And once I thought that, I did take my time to decide to actually write it. I spent quite a bit of time in discernment because it didn't seem to fit my life at the time. And yet now looking back, it was a perfect fit. But at the time, it didn't seem it to me. So it took me a little while to say, yes, I want to be very sure because I, I just felt like it was it was a big project and maybe I wasn't up to it, you know? And you are busy with a few other things, <laughs> as Jim was yeah. saying, you know, giving, <laughs> giving retreats and you have your family and, uh, you know, the, the common thread in many parishes across the country is the busiest people are the ones that the pastor or a pastoral assistant will tap into again for just, can you do just this one more thing? And I think God, he's up there chuckling. I think he's doing the same thing because as busy as we are, you take one or two days for a retreat and the next thing you know, you have a book project in your lab. <laughs> I know. That's Thank you, God. It it's like, I have a friend who told me, she goes, you know, I'll have heaven to rest. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's, that's why they call it the eternal rest. I always say that myself yep. in the work that we do yeah. here. <laughs> There's you know, something that to look forward to in that in that eternal rest that we're all... Uh... But the book sounds, and even the preceding book, sounds like it would be a great basis for a women's retreat, whether it was um, a, a quick little morning to start the exploration process or an entire weekend to really dig deep into the lives of some of these doctors of the church and women and the behind the great men there's a great woman, you know, and it just shows the the church's um, framework of, you know, the couples, the men and the women, the partnership working together that we're not on an island and, and just the, the way God wants it to be. It, it's so true. And I do use all the material for my retreats that I do. Mm. Obviously, I, I, I do that. But one thing that when there was a uh, an author's call, and of course it's my second book, and I'm not experienced being an author, and I wasn't quite sure what that was, but it was sort of a, a marketing strategy, strategy like how are we going to get the word out on this book? And one thing that that, that uh, author's call, uh, there were three people on Sophia on the speakerphone speaking with me, and they read it, and they love it. They said to me, we think this needs to go to young women, mm-hmm. that they need to, or, or graduating out of high school, they need to go, be able to go to college and stand up to the professors who want to steal their faith. They need to be fortified. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I'm not sure how to reach that group because I'm in a different stage of life. So if there's a listener out there who's a focus team leader or, or a net retreat uh, person who's, you know, in charge of something, um, please contact Sophia Institute Press. Um, 
and contact a gal named Sarah, and uh, they want to they want to help get it into the hands of young mm-hmm. young women. I, I didn't write it for young women, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that that they want it to go to young women. Mm-hmm. So um, they will really help uh, yeah. with that. Though I think that's send them a complimentary yeah. book, and and Excellent. they'll try to get them going. Yeah, and and, yeah. I, and, and if the listeners, I have, I have Sarah's contact information as well. So if they would like to let me know, oh, you do. Okay. Good, good, yeah. good. Okay. And I, but I, I, yeah. I, I think as I was perusing some of these uh, chapters, uh, Julie, the same thing was coming to my mind, that this is something that would be a good foundation for young women, especially these days, who un- need to understand the, 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 uh, the beauty of, of those women who went before them in our church and who really were strong and, and powerful in so many ways, and their holiness is what made them most powerful. That was their sanctification, their sanctity. And that it allowed them and God led them into these areas of, of life that, that just were trailblazing. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, the, that's the first thing I thought was this would be a great book for young women because it's, it's important. My um, first thought was that Net Ministries, because there's a young lady in my parish and I just saw a picture of her at the airport again, you know, and they travel across the United States. And they're trying to find their way. And in the meantime, you know, they're, they're sharing their faith with other young people. But this might help them settle into, okay, what? will be next after this year of sharing the good news of the gospel. And and here they could be on their plane or train or traveling, um, reading the lives of these great women of the church. Let's pray over them. Oh, yes. one, and the other thing, um, the other thing, Cheryl, that I think is really important to emphasize is that it's not just to get inspired by these women and their lives, although it's very inspiring, but it's accompaniment. We're in the body of Christ. These elder sisters want to walk with us mm-hmm. in this life and help us. And so it's, it's an added dimension there instead of just being an interesting thing to get inspired and see how somebody else does it, but then to have a, 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 an elder sister in heaven that is, is accompanying uh, mm-hmm. you when you're going along your way and making your decisions and, and, and standing up to that professor at the college or, or whatever it is, or deciding and discerning and all of that. So it's, it's wonderful to be in the communion of saints and actually have this accompaniment. True. So we're meant to connect with them. They're our family. They're our elder sisters, and they've gone before us, and they want us to succeed and, 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 and take up our cross and take up our position on the battlefield. Everyone has a place. Everyone has something that, well, more than something, at all the different phases of life, they're going to have several missions that are hand-in-glove hand fit for them. And so uh, when we get this whole idea about what's really important, what's really lasting, why am I here? Uh, you know, the chapter on Faustina is one of, well, there are a lot of them are my favorites, but it was one of them because... We we hear about her. We hear about the divine mercy message and all this kind of business. But Jesus told her, "You are like a knight. Get prepared for battle." He mm-hmm. told her. He talked to her in those terms. She said, "Now that I understand uh, what's going on, I, I'm thinking in things. I'm thinking in terms of great and holy things instead of things that are, are fleeting and don't matter as much." Mm-hmm. It, it, that's a really a powerful chapter because we hear things from her that we that aren't brought up with the divine mercy message all the time well, or rarely brought up. Excellent, excellent points yeah. there, Julian. And we've been uh, talking to Julian Derko. Her book is called "Holy Handmaids of the Lord: Women Saints Who Won the Battle for Souls." Uh, it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. And as Julie said, if there's anybody listening 
uh, especially those of you who who uh, have to work or work with young women. It's an excellent book. Uh, you can contact me, and I'll put you in touch with the, the contact at Sophia Press. Um, but again, we encourage your friends, check it out. It's Holy Handmaids of the Lord, Women's Saints Who Won the Battle for Souls by Julian Derko, our guest, uh, published by Sophia Institute Press, sophiainstitute.com. Uh, check it out. My And Julie, thank you so much, first of all, for writing the book and for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Well, thank you for asking me. I so appreciate getting the word out. And we'll you. look forward to hearing about the next book. <laughs> Stay in touch with us. Yes. <laughs> All right, Julie. God bless you. Happy New Year. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank God you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. So, friends, again, it's Sophia Institute Press. Uh, SophiaInstitute.com is the website. And check out that the uh, Holy Handmaids of the Lord, Women Saints Who Won the Battle of Souls. We're going to go to the number one Christmas carol and hymn of all time, according to uh, Faith Shared Magazine. It gets my vote. We'll be right back.
ta-da. Hark the herald angels sing. <laughs> beautiful, a, beautiful. That is, that's a very, very uh, powerful hymn, mm -hmm. Carol. Mm -hmm. you know, when done like that. <laughs> well, when you have a full orchestra and a <laughs> choir of 100. When you do it that way. Those yeah. Mormons, they really know how to sing, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but they're singing good, solid hymn. I don't, I don't get it, though, because... I, 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 you know, they, they're singing of these beautiful hymns and, and carols, and they don't really believe what they should believe about Jesus. Well, maybe there's a, a grace-filled moment there. Maybe it's going to touch somebody's heart. Mm, okay. As long as they keep singing like that, that'd be all right. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we've had a great time today, and uh, do my I have friends. One minute. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so what I want to do is say here we're talking about all this beautiful Christmas music, um, and so many schools and concerts and organizations and community groups have all their concerts prior to Christmas, but there's a few that have saved them for Epiphany, and there is going to be one Saturday night if I can just invite people if 30 they seconds. want to. Thirty seconds. Okay, this is. Um, Beautiful Christmas music, including Silent Night, but more of the great masters, Ray Found Williams, Benjamin Britten, A Hymn to the Virgin, Bach Chorales, Reinberger. So uh, this is in Pennington. It's a concert Saturday night at 7 o'clock at um, the, oh, where's the church name? Pennington Presbyterian Church, right Pennington on Presbyterian. Main Street, right on what Main time? Street. Saturday, seven o'clock, with a new chamber chorale that commissions new works. What does the great masters and they seven are fabulous. Saturday night, yep. the fourth of January. Yes, I You're will be there. I'll be there, You're and they're called Voices in the Woods. Is the name of the okay, chorale. Voices in the Woods. Voices in the Woods. They so do a beautiful job. Keep that Ecumenical. Christmas going. Mm -hmm. Keep it going. The Epiphany is Sunday, and then of course. Really, we can celebrate Christmas all the way up to February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation. Now, and I'm leaving the decorations up. All so right, there. we'll do that. Okay, no problem. All right, well, listen, have a great weekend. <laughs> I'll be with you on Tuesday. God willing, Bruce is here at 3 o'clock Monday. Monday. Just come back then, my friends. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you. And Happy New Year. <laughs>